This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome, everybody, inside the Celtics Life Podcast. I'm Mark Allison here with my man, Justin Quinn. We are coming off of game one. Uh, the Celtics took care of business in an ugly fashion, but in fashion nonetheless, uh, against Indiana uh, to open up their uh, playoffs this year. We've been waiting a long time for this. Um, recording this on a Tuesday. Last night, we saw an epic, epic Golden State Warriors collapse at the hands of our, our boy Doc Rivers and the L.A. Clippers. Um, but we'll get into that in a sec. First, Celtics game one, the ugly win. Quinn, what, what do you think? It's a win. I'll take it. A win is a win. Yeah, no, uh, certainly. I mean, they were. it was like they were trying to, uh, in the, the Green Envy, which is uh, gold. You guys should go check that out if you haven't seen it because uh, these Pacers fans are great. Someone said that the uh, Pacers – outshitted the Celtics because they they just they were both playing like shit and I, I don't know uh <laughs> I like that outshitted it them. was it was a pretty ugly game it was one of the more ugly playoff games I've seen and to be honest I'm glad it's over uh what do you think we're looking at based on what you saw in the first game I still think that a sweep is on the table even without Marcus Smart. we need to talk about mm-hmm. uh but just what are your thoughts on the series based on what you've seen so far? Yeah, I mean, I I, I can't see it going past five games. Um, I, and that's kind of what I figured in the first place uh, after the way we've handled them the last two times. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Indiana pulled away with a game. Another thing, besides Marcus being out, uh, we, we were talking before the pod about Aaron Baines. You know, if, is there an ankle injury there? That The Celtics are kind of downplaying it, which kind of has us a little suspect about it because, you know, that's generally what they do when there's actually a problem. So... I think if he wasn't going to play, you know, that then there's some potential for the Pacers to take a, a couple games there just because, you know, they've, they've, they've got some size and they could, you know, they, the defense is certainly much better you know, with Baines out there. When Baines and Horford are out there, it's just incredible. So, um, you know, they're not going to shoot as poorly as they did in game one. Granted, the Celtics shouldn't either, but, um, you know, that's, 
I mean, they have Doug McDermott trying to be their secondary form of offense, and that should tell you everything you need to know about this series. They just don't have the horses offensively. Yeah, and, and in I, Boston, they might have the defense, but not the offense. I, I think, like you know, when it comes to scoring, like they're it's just right like, without Oladipo, and you see when a team goes into a funk like that, and like everybody's shooting poorly, you would if if he was there, they would force feed him the ball and him get him going. You know, I mean, which which you know things the Celtics can do with Kyrie. Um, we actually have a couple different guys we can do it with, but they don't really have another guy. I mean, you got Tyreek Evans. I mean, if you you know want to roll the dice on him, maybe one of every ten times he can he can he can do it. He's um, he's <laughs> the Pacers fans certainly have a not love, the model of consistency, a love hate relationship with him. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of crazy because you can see him some some games he'll have it. The beginning of that game, he was playing very well in the first quarter, um, and then you know then all of a sudden. You know the, the the rim looked like it was uh, the size of a solo cup because you know neither neither team was was hitting anything. Um, so, uh, but despite that, we we did pull out a, a pretty impressive win. Um, just by the way the defense played at the end. I mean, I, I know they missed a lot of open shots, but the, they were making them take shots from further out. So that's ideally what you want. Um, it, the, I mean, the thing about we were up like 20 something and then, you know, they closed it to, I don't, I don't know the final score was it 10 points at the end, nine points. Um, 10 points. Yeah. So the, you know, it, it looked closer at the end than it actually was. They were never in it again after, you know, the third quarter came and I, and I guess that third quarter has been a problem for the Pacers and we've seen that with the Celtics in the past, but what is it with teams that like have that third quarter issue? I mean, uh, is there something about, you know, going into the locker room and then just coming out. And I, I don't know that the, the Pacers fans are, are been up in arms about Nate McMillan thinking he's doing a, a poor job. He's doing getting a his great g- job. They're fucking on drugs. If you well, that's that. well, I mean, all right, but I'm just telling you in the commentary that I've seen a lot yeah. of people, you know, this is, this will be another first round exit for them. Um, granted. Yes. He pieced together that team, but you look at what the Clippers are doing in the, in the West. And, you know what I mean? Like, they're doing more with less too, as the Pacers have done since Depot went down. But um, you know, players, when it comes though. to the playoffs, it's I don't know. It's you know, I mean that that was like, I mean, I, obviously McMillan's not the one missing those open shots, so you know you can't put all the blame on him. But apparently, they have a big problem with the third quarter. It's weird too because they have the exact opposite problem that Boston has. Boston has too many players to fit into a rotation with mm-hmm. the kind of minute distribution and touches that you would need to keep everybody happy. Mm-hmm. And you know, like if if Indiana could just borrow a couple of our players, not that I'm suggesting anything as ridiculous <laughs> as that, then they would they would you know probably help us out while we help them out. Not that I'm again suggesting anything, right? Uh, but. Just the, the the fact that they are coming from the entire opposite end of the spectrum, where they really only have maybe three or four starting level NBA players on that roster, mm-hmm. uh, which is why they should be happy with McMillan because he has brought them to to one of the better better seeds. Yeah, still got a yeah, playoffs, right. Still got a five know? seed, right? Yeah. No. So it's like I don't get why it's happening, but they shouldn't be happy or unhappy that it's happening because they shouldn't even be there, really. Well, perhaps perhaps the Reddit fans that I you know I dig up on the Green Envy uh, aren't aren't the aren't the speaking for everyone in Indiana, but it, it did seem like an overwhelming amount of them not pleased with Coach McMillan. Um, but um, you know, and I'm and I, and I guess that's what you know 
early exits in the playoffs cause a lot of, you know, you can have this great season and, and feel great about your team. And then, you know, if you're un and done, I mean, look at the, look at Raptors fans. I mean, obviously we can get into their game too. Um, you know, with the early exits that they've had with some really good teams and here they are off to a 0 and one against Orlando, um, on that wild Saturday with a bunch of upsets. We got the, the, the Raptors down 0-1 to Orlando. I think game two is tonight. And then um, last night, Philly came back and won their second game after losing the drop in the first. Any 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 chance that either guys, these teams get upset? I could see Brooklyn, even though they did lose pretty badly in their second game, uh, they, 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 they really did manage to bring it a lot closer than it could have been, despite the fact that it was... 145-23, that sounds much worse than it was. They were up at like 40-something points at one point. Mm-hmm. That said, I think that was more more indicative of the level of desperation on that team because, let's face it, if they had lost, if they had gone down 0-2, then you know it would be very similar to Boston and Chicago last year. Or was it last year? Well, the, the, no, the year before last year. Mm-hmm. When we were down... Uh, you know, to the to the Rondo to the Rondo Bulls. I don't know. I think that it would have been a little bit premature of, of that level of a freakout. But people would be saying things, and people already have started saying things. Like uh, I think Stephen A. Smith said that Brett Brown would lose his job if they lose the series. I don't think that that is an exaggeration at all, even though it's coming from Stephen A. Smith. Uh, I think he would. Yeah, I, 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 if he if they don't get past the first round, I think he's gone. And if they don't get past the first round, I think Butler's gone. Uh, Tobias Harris probably gone, um, so they would really they would really be like building back again from the ground up. Uh, Reddick's on a one year deal, right? Yep. Or is, yeah, so I mean, look, we're looking at there could be a you know huge differences over there. I mean, they still have their core guys in Embiid and Simmons, um, but that I mean, if they get dumped in the first round, that could be a huge blow. I I, I think they have to at the very least be super competitive in the second round or things are not going to look good for for Philly because if even if they get past this first round matchup and then get dumped in like five or six games in the next round and it's not an all impressive uh you know there I think there's still going to be some heads to roll over there Brett's obviously would probably be the top of the list and then you know is Jimmy Butler going to want to come back to a team that just got bounced in the second round when he can go play in LA with LeBron or, or wherever else you know um I, I don't know. I don't see it. And if, you know, if they want to keep a guy like Harris or, or Reddick, they're going to have to throw some money at them. And is that really worth it when they should be looking at bringing in another star? Um, especially if Jimmy leaves. So I've heard some, some, some rumbles that it may be weight related, but Joel Embiid's knee has been acting up again. There was some question about whether he'd even be able to play early in the series. Uh, he's basically been kind of pushing really hard uh, towards the end of the season, which made no sense to me given his health in recent years. I mean, I know he's been better this year, but I mean, you should still really be being a lot more careful. Uh, I think had they been smart about this and sat him in the game in the first game and lost the first game, no one would even be saying anything because everyone would be like, okay, yeah, he's managing his knee. That's smart. And it's more, mm-hmm. it's more important to protect your career. Now in the situation that they've managed with him playing and they still lost the game, it's a it's a situation where if they if they ha- if they do sit him because his knee continues to bother him or they lose a game either way it's a bad look and yep. you know I think they could have gotten away with using the uh, safeguarding his future narrative to kind of insulate themselves a little bit in terms of expectations 
but now they're in a situation where they really can't. And in a way, you know, it really, it really makes me question how a lot of teams, ours included, and we can talk about this more in, in a little bit, uh, once we get through all the Eastern and Western Conference playoff, uh, you know, overviews, but Embiid not taking care of his knee uh, in, in a proactive sort of way pre- presents a very big risk to, to this team's rebuild. Maybe not so bad to say uh, what's going on with injuries with the Celtics, but in, a, in a, a very similar way in that it is entirely avoidable. And did they really think that they were going to make a championship run this season? I mean, I guess it's possible, but... You know, if you can't if you can't rest a guy for the first game of the playoffs and just give him a, a good solid week of rest before really going at it, then what are you doing? Yeah, and I don't think that they necessarily. And granted, I'm, I'm you're not going to tell these players that they they aren't capable of making a run. I think more more importantly was for them to go deep into the playoffs, right? Maybe get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Because you want um, to hang on to these guys. You you want Jimmy Butler to come back next year. Uh, because we've already seen with this team with, with just Embiid and Simmons, you know, what what they're capable of. And, and you know, they, they got dumped on last year by a Celtics team that was not, you know, not exactly <laughs> playing with all of its cards. So, um, you know, one thing I found interesting, this is a, a moment of a Charles Barkley, uh, I think I'm pretty sure it was him anyways. I said this the other day in a moment of, uh, you know, brains actually come back to him. Um, and I love Charles, but you know, he says some stupid things sometimes, but, uh, he said the other day, the reason why we're seeing these upsets, um, there's three teams in the NBA that show up every single night and play really hard. Right. One of them is the Orlando magic with the upset the other day over, over Toronto. Um, the other one, the Brooklyn nets. And then the third one, is the LA Clippers. Doc Rivers has those guys playing hard every single night. Like those three teams are like the three overachievers, right? Um, and the, what that game last night, I was watching that game. I fell asleep, West Coast, late night game. I didn't see the end of it. I mean, they were, I don't know if they were up 31 when I fell asleep, but they were up pretty, pretty big, 25, 26 points when I nodded off um, the Warriors. And somehow I, I'm going to have to go back and watch this this game because I, I, I just can't even fathom that at home, the Warriors blue. I mean, we, 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 we took a huge, we've seen them collapse before cause we did it to them earlier this year, but in round one of the playoffs at home, Shocking. Um, that's, that's pretty wild. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think the Clippers are going to be able to win the series, but Bo- Boogie went down, looked like, uh, you know, somebody shot him with a sniper rifle. Uh, he went down on a fast break, a steal that he had. Um, his quad looks like it was toast. Um, I mean, I mean, who knows? We saw who knows what's going to happen. Dude cannot catch a break, man. Yeah, I mean, this guy. It's it's it sucks when you see that guys like that. He's a talented guy. Um, whatever you think about him as a person, whatever. But he's it's certainly one of the most more talented big guys in the NBA. And um, you know, he could be done for the playoffs. We don't know. I mean, obviously, the Warriors can still win without him. We've seen him do it before. But that's got to be a huge blow when you they've just built up this chemistry. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't see the Clippers winning this series, but what, what a, what a turnaround last night. 
Yeah, they look more vulnerable than they ever have. And I don't think, like you said, that it's going to be the Clippers that end up beating them. But I would not be at all surprised if a Houston or maybe some other team, potentially Portland, I have no idea. That would be completely shocking to me. But the fact that they that Portland managed to win despite not having Nurkic and trying to replace him with Enos Cantor, who actually played fairly solid defense and was a – a very wealthy, poor man's Josef Nurkic. I mean, he basically did everything but the passing. Uh, I this this entire. I know it's early, and it's it's a mistake to jump out to any kind of conclusions. But I mean, this is another example where the the, the conventional wisdom was was dead wrong, at least in the first game. I think with Portland, a big part of the deal was that Paul George is clearly not playing right. His shoulder's still bothering him. I think he went like Mm -hmm. 8 of 24 in that game. Yeah, he looked bad. Yeah, I mean, he still scored, but he was basically like Rudy Gay from like 2008. Yeah, and I mean, that to me is the most interesting series of of the first round. I mean, aside from maybe, I I would say the other one that really intrigues me is Orlando-Toronto, just because of how well Orlando's been playing coming into the playoffs, and, and we've seen... Uh, Toronto uh, struggle in the postseason, to say the least. So, um, but the the the, the Portland OKC. I mean, I'd love to see both teams at at full strength, just because of that. Uh, it's I just think it's an interesting matchup. So let's go through all the playoff series. We basically talked about some of the more interesting things. Let's just get, get some consensus on what we think is going to happen uh, before we talk okay. about some other interesting developments that I know you're just itching to discuss. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. so out west, we have the series tied up 1-1. Uh, we both agree that the Warriors are going to take that series. But how many games do you think the Clippers are going to be able to steal? Well, I mean, now that they won that game, right, they're riding pretty high. Don't get me uh, – now getting punched in the mouth, I think the Warriors – probably win the next game um, in, you know, convincing fashion. But if the Clippers could steal one of those two games at home, they can make this, a you know, a, a six-game series, right? I think so, too. That's about where I would not be surprised if they even took three games, but I think they're going to steal one more home game and really make the Warriors work for the first-round win, which is great for whoever faces them next. Yeah, and I, well, in the intre- like it's going to be interesting to see how Golden State responds. I mean, obviously, we've seen them, you know, respond before, so I, I, it wouldn't shock me if they came back guns blazing. But they haven't looked like that unstoppable force like they used to. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. That 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 uh, LA crowd's going to be going wild uh, for Game Three. So, but yeah, I, I would say six games is probably probably where that's headed. Denver, Denver, uh, San Antonio. Uh- Currently, San Antonio's up 1-0 to many people's surprise. I am not particularly surprised because even though Denver executes really well, they are a very young, young, young team with very little playoff yeah. experience. And even though this is one of the, the younger, the least experienced uh, Spurs teams that we have seen in the playoffs in well, for basically two decades, uh, mm-hmm. it's still led by Pop. You know, and yep. that I think is enough to at least make it a very close series. I'm not going to call this one, but I, I think it's going to seven games. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And it, it would be the least surprising upset in terms of the, the high seeds to me, um, just because it's the Spurs and just because 
you know, we, we've seen what they can do. Um, Pops, you know, he's, he's great at getting, he, the guy could get water out of a stone. Um, and, and they have some talent there. I mean, we're talking like they have LaMarcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan. These guys are, these guys can play. So, um, I, you know, either one of them can steal a game with a huge, huge scoring outburst. So, um, yeah, I, I would say it's probably going seven. Um, but like you said, I, I'm not really sure how that, how that's going to pan out at the end. Now, the Portland-OKC matchup we just talked about. This one, I really have no gauge on what's going to happen. I think it's going to be a long series just because of the injuries yep. and not really knowing what's going to happen. Um, de- I guess it depends on who's more healthy. I'm taking Portland for that reason just because I, I, yeah. I don't see how they can win without Paul George being himself. Yeah, if if he's not himself, you know, obviously if he's at full strength, I think this is a great series, but uh, he didn't look good the other night. I mean, you like you said, he still scored some points, but he was missing some bad shots. Um, so, I mean, he was missing some good shots, badly, I should say. Um, <laughs> you know, so he didn't look quite right. Um, but I really have no gauge on that. I don't know. That probably goes probably goes six or seven games. Um, games there's yeah. a lot of talent there on both teams. So, um, you know, that, that'll be interesting. Portland's just hungrier, I think, because, you know, this is the first, uh, first playoff game they've won in three years. They, they had eight losses straight before this so they really that's right that's right so <laughs> right right houston utah um i think houston runs away with this series I, i'm not even sure how they how they ended up with the four seed but they did um i mean you know they had some struggles but um just based on the, you know, the James Harden factor. He's the best player on the floor by far. You know, Utah doesn't quite have the, the, the firepower to uh, to hang with them. So I, I think uh, I think this is a maybe five-game series. At most. I think that Utah could probably steal a home game. But, I mean, Korver and Joe Engels, they, they look their age. You know, it looks like it's finally catching up with both of them. I mean, in the first yeah. game, they were one of four combined. They were just locked down. Right. They couldn't get shots off. And when they did, they didn't fall. So if that if that happens, they have no chance. Um, well, the next series, I think, is this is the def, 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 definitive sweep of, of the first round. Oof. Milwaukee, Detroit. It's really a shame because it would have been nice to see at least Detroit have um, Blake Griffin and, and, you know, at least be able to, to, to play hard. I mean, it, it, it's almost would have been better for almost any of those other late teams like Charlotte or something to get in just to be able to give Milwaukee some trouble here because, uh, yeah, unfortunately Detroit without, with, without Griffin, this is, he's probably not going to play. I I can't see that they were going to, they're going to throw him in there when they're going to lose the series anyway. The best so defensive it's really no Andre Drummond. They have no chance. Yeah. They've got him they've got him locked up long term so you know it's better to just wait for next year and uh you know keep that keep that knee safe. They're not winning. Um, <laughs> There's no point. Not at all. They if they won a game I'd be shocked. Um Toronto Orlando. This is the other intriguing series. Uh, like I said before, we've seen Toronto struggle in the playoffs. I'm granted it was usually against LeBron James, but um, this Orlando team has been playing awesome uh, for the last, you know, what month plus, couple months. Um, very, very interesting. Uh, you know, I mean, Toronto kind of skated to the playoffs these last month. They, you know, they they've been locked up at the top of the Eastern Conference or near the top, anyways, um, for a while. So 
um, you know, they kind of coasted in. I mean, can you imagine them getting dumped in the first round? And then what, <laughs> there goes Kawhi Leonard, right? I think he's going anyway. I mean, unless unless they. I mean, yeah, well, I, I sort of why, but I'm just saying, and that would be the nail, right? <laughs> oh, easily, easily. I, I for me, I think that this is this is a series that Orlando could win, but I don't expect them to. I think it's going to go six games. I think that, that Orlando will steal another another game after getting trounced by Toronto. Uh, but you never know. I mean, even though it is, you know, like some somewhere north of thirty percent of a new team in terms of the roster makeup. Uh, and even though they have, you know, a new coach who tends to use better rotations, at least from what I've seen, uh, that make more sense, uh, I don't really think that Orlando has the horses to get past them. I mean, maybe they could, you know, if they take this for granted, if they're complacent, then they really could find themselves down 2-0, and and then the psychology of Toronto teams pass. The doubt. Yeah. The doubt creeps in. Uh, you know, Kyle Lowry cannot play. He won't be that bad again. He didn't score a point. Um, and they only lost, and they only lost by three. So, I mean, he, I, and I can't, I can't get over, everybody keeps sharing that, that, uh, video of Kevin Hart blocking him. Did you ever, did you ever see this? Um, I've seen the video. Yeah. Unbelievable. I never saw it before people started sharing it the other day they, and they were like, your starting point guard, like blocked by Kevin Hart. Like not even like, I mean, he just, he smushed him. Um, uh, but not a good look for Lowry, not a good looking game one, not a good look with the Kevin Hart block. Um, but. Um, he's not going to play that bad no. again. So, um, I mean, I, I still think they win this series. But, you know, if, if they somehow blew the next game, that would be pretty wild if Orlando could sneak another one out of there. That is their path to winning, yeah. Up 2-0, that is your path to winning this series for sure. That's going to be uh, – I, I think Toronto needs a deep playoff run to even think they're going to be able to keep Kawhi Leonard. And then the other series of the uh, the underachievers here from last year, the Philly 76ers. Um, well, they, they nodded up their series. We already mentioned this uh, with Brooklyn. Brooklyn played great in that first game. They, they were hanging with them through the second half, into the second half yesterday, but then uh, Philly really dominated after that. I mean, uh, it, they won by nine, but it, it was really more convincing than that so similar to what the Celtics game was the other day you know and I think a big part of it too was just the fact that James Ennis was cleared to play and even though he wasn't like a major force just the fact that he helped keep the bleeding uh when when the rotation switched from the starters to the bench which is basically tumbleweeds at this point like basically him him mm-hmm. and Boban is really the only people they have for a bench uh right so just to have that in there it, it just kept them from giving any space for Brooklyn to capitalize on. They played better defense. Uh, This is a very easy win for Philadelphia if, for the series, if no one else gets hurt. If any of the starters gets hurt at all, then I think Brooklyn has a really good shot at taking the series. But, I I, again, I I don't really think that, you know, all things being equal, that that Philadelphia has much of a chance of losing this series unless they either beat themselves psychologically or someone else goes down because they don't have anyone to replace them, really. Right. And and the Embiid thing is something to watch. Um, If if he's, you know, misses a couple games, those are games that Brooklyn could easily sneak um, wins in. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, um, I I expect Philly to come back and and win the series, but... Um, like you said, very thin pickings over there. So if, if anybody gets hurt, even even just a 
any of the starters, really, um, that they could be in some serious trouble. Um, now, the, the, the Boston series, we already obviously already talked about, but um, it seems like they can overcome Smart being out, at least against Indiana, um, and hopefully they, he wouldn't miss too much of the next series, but we have to hope he heals like Wolverine for that. I think he will. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, you know, we've seen him come back from, from injuries pretty quickly before. So, and, you know, it's going to be hard to keep him off the floor if he's there. Uh, one thing I noticed, um, Kyrie, they talked to him after the game, the sideline, and he was talking about, um, you know, uh, he, he really missed Marcus being out there. Um, well, he loved it. He can play off ball that, that way. Right. And then, well, and then two, besides that, um, I think he got caught up a little bit. Trying to do and he, which is great. I, I love the hustle defensively from him the other day. He had a lot of tur- um, forced a lot of turnovers. Um, he was really pretty suffocating at times when the ball got like um, they trying to drive on him. He kind of did a lot of Marcus Smartish kind of things. It was weird, um, right? You know the the gritty stuff, right? And he was missing shots, so it kind of really looked like Marcus, but, um, <laughs> that's not fair. But He's better nah, now. Not this year. Not this year. Not this year. Not this year. No more smart shots. We retired that. You know, he was doing those kind of things. And I think that kind of mindset was like, without Marcus here, we all have to kind of chip in and do those kind of things because those are the plays that win games, Dan. So um, I, I think they got to doing a lot of that stuff. Everyone was kind of, you know, dug in on the grit. But I, I really saw it a lot from Kyrie. And, I mean, if he can do those things and hit some shots. That would be fantastic. <laughs> I think it's time that we talk about some of the uh, most interesting news to fall flat out of nowhere on the NBA. Mm. Uh, that definitely caught all of our attention in the chat. Like, I mean, my phone just started going off in my pocket when that news broke. And I look down and I see that Magic Johnson is out. What do you think? What are your thoughts? What does this mean? I mean, does it really shock? I mean, as shocking as it was because it came out of nowhere like that, it, it doesn't really surprise me at all. I, he never really seemed like he... I don't know, like, it really enjoyed doing that stuff. And listening to his, I mean, I, I watched that press conference. As soon as I heard it was on, I, I watched it. I caught, like, the second half of it. I went back and watched the rest of it. Um, I mean, it, it's shocking in the way that he did it, especially because he didn't want to. Uh, he hadn't even told Jeannie Buss and was like, oh, yeah, no, I haven't told her yet. Like, <laughs> like, like, like I mean, can you imagine how infuriating? And because it's Magic Johnson, like, he can get away with it because he's a Laker legend, you know. Um and, and you know, Lakers fans aren't going to be mad at him. You know, it's Magic Johnson. It was probably you know, be like la- a if- good move, even though I don't think he meant it to be a good move because it saved her yeah. the, the the difficulty of firing, of having to announce it. Right, like he just kind of went out and took the heat like right away. You know, um, I mean, I'm sure at first she was like, "What the fuck?" But you know, it's um, it, maybe it was the best way to go about it. You know. Um, obviously it would have caused a stir either way, but by him facing it head on and hitting the questions right there, I mean, he kind of answered the questions that everyone would have been asking behind the scenes. Um, you know, the Twitter would have exploded with all these questions. And I mean, he kind of addressed everything right away. Um, I, I, I thought it was interesting. And I mean, tons of jokes coming out of this because I mean, Twitter was running amok with, with his different comments and the, I'm not going to be here. That, that, that thing, that thing has like exploded to like everything. And the way he said it, it's just like, it's just laugh out loud funny. Like he's, um, 
I mean, I, I, and you know what? For all I mean, we, we, you know, we're, we obviously aren't huge fans of the Lakers over here, but Magic Johnson probably seems like one of the coolest guys. I, right? I, I respect the way that he handled it. Uh, I respect the, the way that he tried to stay true to the old school Laker ethos of nepotism. But uh, that aside, also about glitz and glamour and all that stuff. And when he found out that it uh, doesn't work in an era where people use analytics and smart team building decisions that are not based in optics, uh, that he, he, he said, you know what, I'm a dinosaur and I'm out. Yeah, no, I, I think that's spot on. I mean, I think he realized he was kind of over his head with this stuff. Um, you know, allow the, so Palenka's staying, right? Sort of, I think maybe we don't know. Uh, as of right now, I mean, obviously they'll bring in a new president at some point and that decision will be made, but, um, or maybe it's just LeBron James is de facto president, <laughs> right? Uh, maybe Maverick Carter will be the president of the Lakers. That brings me to something we need to talk about related to this. Mm. And there seems to be. You know, one of the things that uh, was going on with Magic was them firing uh, or him not wanting, as he said, to fire Luke Walton, who is now the coach of the Sacramento Kings, and he's going to do well there. And I think that was a great move for some ex-Lakers. What do you think uh, about the two candidates who have emerged as front runners uh, for the the uh, coaching position? I think they are both tied with two different and not necessarily complementary directions the franchise could take. I feel like they are telegraphing their intentions by inviting these two candidates in. And I want to know which one you think. And I think I can already decide which of the two you will probably also agree is the better coach, but maybe not. Uh, And that being uh, Ty uh, Lou, formerly of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and uh, Monty Williams, who is currently an assistant with the Philadelphia 76ers, but is connected to a particular individual. Uh, what are your thoughts on those two? Yeah, so, I mean, the Ty Lue thing was laugh out loud. I mean, that that, that emerged like, like it was like the joke when, when, uh, when Magic was talking about how he didn't want to have to fire Luke and da-da-da-da and all this. And then uh, everyone, like, jumped to conclusions there that Ty Lue was going to be the front runner. And it was like, Waj dropped the bomb, like, as soon as – it wasn't even minutes after. I don't even know if, if Luke had been dismissed yet when Waj <laughs> announced that he was he was uh, the one of the front runners for the job. I mean, I it's kind of funny to me, though, because, like, we always thought, like, there was not a good relationship between LeBron and him, right? Now, you would have to think – I mean, the Lakers went to LeBron on this, right? Uh, like it's not just like they were like, Oh, he's coach LeBron. Let's go grab this guy. Like he was consulted, right? Yeah. So, I mean, is it, is it because this is his guy will do whatever he wants or, you know, did they have a good rapport after we didn't really think that they did? I mean, they did, they did win a title together. Um, but things weren't so great after that, even though they went back to the finals. And there's, there's plenty of other good coaching candidates out there. And I'm not really sure why we're not hearing any other names besides these two. So, I mean, you know, using Occam's razor, I, I think there's plenty of truth to the Ty Lue situation that for at the very least is in consideration because they want to keep LeBron happy. Uh, I really hope they don't hire Ty. He may be an ex-Celtics head coach, assistant head coach. You know, he is a decent coach. He, he has... You know, he's middle of the pack in terms of what we could expect out of coaches in the league. 
But I mean, do you really want a guy who's going to debut as a middle of the pack coach in a team that you're trying to build into a contender? That doesn't really seem very logical to me, which then brings me to the more competent uh, and capable coach, uh, Monty Williams, who, you know, has demonstrated he brought a much worse version of the Pelicans to the playoffs with Anthony Davis, which is, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the real reason they're going to bring him on. Because, you know, he's not a great coach either, but he'd be, you know, in, at least on the fringe of the top third of the league uh, coaches. And for me, that means that somehow in their minds, they think that they're going to be able to keep space open uh, to either convince Anthony Davis to come there or find a way to do a sign-in trade for him for wherever he is. Uh, one of the two, I mean, probably the latter makes more sense in terms of managing their cap and doing the best they can with what we have LeBron James. But based on what we have already seen out of this organization, uh, I, I don't I don't really necessarily expect them to do the smarter of two options <laughs> based on. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It just seems, you know, this is better because at least now they're conducting an actual coaching search, even if it is basically the bare minimum right. of what you could call a coaching search. <laughs> right. But at least exactly. there's more than one name so, involved. I don't know. I think we're days away from hearing Dwayne Wade rumbled in there Jesus, as, a, as an option. <laughs> um, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Hey, if you could, if you could pick any coach in NBA history, right, to take over for the Lakers right now, Coach Udonis Haslam. Udonis Haslam? <laughs> no, I'm but seriously, any, think of somebody. What? That's actually not. That's pretty better than Dwayne know. Wade, I think. Um, yeah, who knows? But um, any coach in history. Now, my, my first – because it's the Lakers, I can't say my first choice. My first choice would be Tommy Heinsohn because that would be – but it, because it's the Lakers, Yorker, it can't Yorker be. got canned, so, and, you know, uh, he, he's probably uh, better than Luke Walton, who's taking his place uh, just because of political reasons in Sacramento. What's wrong with him? Why is Hornacek not getting any phone calls? I mean, there's so many, so many competent guys out there, uh, you know – like we, we are seeing teams that have made very bad decisions in the past start to make good decisions like the Kings. Uh, you know, I, I, I won't say that the, the firing of Yorger wasn't, you know, necessarily a great idea, but everything else they've been doing to this point has actually worked out pretty well, which is amazing considering how bad they are. We are seeing teams like, again, going back to the Pelicans, hiring David Griffin as a general manager. Uh, if there is anyone out there who can take uh, a disgruntled star, convince them to stay and rebuild a team that is a complete and total mess with not very competent management, that's the guy. Uh, which, of course, brings up its own thing. Like, what if Anthony Davis just stays there because of what he gets told this summer by their new GM? I wouldn't necessarily rule that out. I know it sounds crazy, but, I mean, look at what Griffin did with Cleveland and, you know, one of the worst owners in the league and basically nothing on that team besides Kyrie and LeBron. I don't think that you would necessarily get anything past another season, but you might see you might see him suddenly suggest that he'll just play out his contract and then go into free agency at the end of the term. It would be a really crazy end for this entire saga. Uh, but I could definitely see Anthony Davis discharging clutch after the damage they did to his reputation this summer. I could definitely see some pretty wild things happening based on this. Uh, and honestly, you know, a lot of this stuff, uh, it's really hard to predict. I mean, just like the, 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 the first round of the playoffs so far, all the way up, the NBA is 
a crazy league. So I'm going to say it now. Just keep an eye out for something crazy like that happening this summer. I mean, that that would be that would be pretty wild. <laughs> well, one one little bit of housekeeping before we get out of here, guys. Uh, our boy RJ Hunter uh, traveling with the team on his own dime. Uh, well, he was going to, but I'm pretty sure didn't they find a way yeah, for them did. to? He yeah, so the 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 Celtics are actually paying for him, but he was going to come with the team to be around the team. Anyways, um, I, I, we saw how stoked he was after he played really well in that game where, where we, we didn't play anybody, really. Um, uh, with him and PJ, PJ Dozier both had some, some pretty big games. Uh, Wanamaker, uh, all, the, all the guys who don't get to play as much, uh, they all kind of showed out. So do you think there's any chance that uh, RJ might come back? I mean, he's, he's a fourth year, so they can't, they can't treat him as an RFA, restricted free agent. That basically means he is able to go for any contract in the league that he can get. Um, I suspect that he will end up, particularly if we make a trade, not necessarily for AD, but really for anybody, uh, to consolidate some of Right, roster. moving some bodies. Yeah. There'll be some space, yeah. Someone, And then, then, then you're bringing back somebody who's familiar with the team, uh, the way a coach likes to operate. And, I mean, he's a shooter, you know. It, he's, a, he's a specialist that has a role, even if he doesn't play a lot. You can come in and knock down shots. Yeah, and you know, I mean, like I I realize it was a garbage time game against the Wizard, but he put up 18 points, and I think he had four threes in that game. So that is something that has value, uh, particularly if the hospital Celtics ever make a recurrence, and they will at some point in the next couple of years. So it's not a bad idea to have a guy like him around. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I agree. Um, So guys... Stay tuned. Uh, game two, we may pot again later this week or maybe uh, after we swing back over to Indiana. Um, but uh, stay tuned for that. Make sure you check out the links at the top of CelticsLife.com. we got a huge variety of shirts and hoodies in our store, and you can even get tickets to the next game under that heading. You can find the pot on the Wushka, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Himalaya, and most podcatcher apps. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, Be sure to rate us five stars. If you don't like something or have a suggestion, please let us know with a comment in an article on Celtics Life or on Twitter using the hashtag CLPOD. We are always trying to bring you the Celtics coverage you want the way that you like it. Later, guys. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.